Canby New Life Foursquare Church welcomes you. We're located at 2350 Southeast Territorial Road, just off Highway 99E. We hope the following message will be a blessing to you. Merry Christmas. It is so good to see you tonight. I'm so glad you're here. If you're our guest, we want to welcome you. We're going to take some time and we're going to celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. I want to do that with you and I hope you want to do that with each other because this is a time, this is a season. The Bible uses one phrase, it's called Emmanuel. I love that phrase. It just means God is with us. And so I want all of you to know that God is with you. The power of presence is so real during the Christmas season. And it's meant to be real because Jesus came, Emmanuel. God is with us. Let's pray a blessing over our time together. And we're just going to worship God. We're going to worship God in this place. Father, we want to thank you for the blessing, the gift of life that you've given to us, that we're here today to celebrate that. Touch all of our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. But you, Bethlehem Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Oh, breathe. 
One of my favorite stories of all time is found in the Gospel of Luke. It's a story that we read and have read in our family. Generation after generation has passed this story down. It's a story that deserves to be told, a story that all of us need to hear, really a, a story that all of us need to read. I don't know what your family traditions are. I don't know what you're going to do this holiday season or what you've already done. But I pray that in all the traditions, the things that you do with your family and friends, that this story would be inserted somehow, some way. Let me invite you to do that. It's a great story. It's a story about God becoming man. That we've been given a wonderful gift. And that gift is for all of us to cherish. I love how the story is put, how it's phrased. And maybe you're going to notice some of those words, those phrases, how they can touch your heart. What I pray happens to you this evening and really for the next several days is your heart would be open to hear the things that God wants to speak to you. He's speaking. I want you to listen. Because when you listen, your life is blessed. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. It says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were angels and shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He's the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger and suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary, she treasured up all these things, and she pondered them in her heart. 
The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. There are a few phrases there, and every time I read it, a few of these phrases stand out. I've read this story, oh, maybe six or eight or ten times this week. And I do it for a reason. I do it so that I can hear the story being read and told. I do it so that my heart can embrace what's really being taken and what's happening. I want to read that story over and over again. Because again, it's the story of God dwelling with us. I read that phrase where it says that Mary treasured up all these things and she pondered them in her heart. You know, along the way in the next few days, there are going to be gifts given you. There are going to be blessings that come along. You're thinking, well, yeah, I know. There are going to be gifts under the tree and blessings that will come my way. No, I'm going to talk more about the relationships, the conversations that you're going to have. Those are gifts being given to you by God. There's going to be something said. There's going to be something done that will strike you, that will get your attention and it will change you, maybe in a little bit, in just a, a few different ways. Your life can be changed because of those gifts, those blessings that come in relationship, that come in conversation, that come in a lot of different ways. The gift given Mary was the Christ child. And it says that she thought about that. She treasured those things. The gifts that are going to be given you, the gifts that have already have been given you, I'm just going to ask and pray that you would open your heart, that you would think about those gifts, that you wouldn't let them go by unnoticed, that you wouldn't let them go by and, and be ungrateful, but you would grasp them, you would hold them, you would bring them close to you, you would think about it, because God is bringing gifts to your life. He wants to bless your life. That's his nature. He can't help but do that, and the reason is, is because he loves you. Emmanuel. God is with us. An amazing, amazing gift.
When I think of the Christmas season, I always think of light. Because the Christmas season to me is synonymous with light. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. We have all kinds of references to light. It's interesting that we celebrate Christmas during this time of year, the darkest time of year. Yesterday, you went through the darkest day of the year, the shortest day of the year. My son was little, and we were driving home. I think it was on the shortest day of the year. And he said, it's so dark. And we used that moment as a teaching moment. We said, yeah, but in Jesus, the Bible says there's no darkness at all. And he loved it. He kept repeating it, and he accentuated, and there is no darkness at all. It's something that we can celebrate because in him there is no darkness at all. Wherever the light shows up, the darkness has to leave. That's the quality, the characteristics of light. That when we light our candles in a few moments, we're going to see and experience, even in a, a subtle way sometimes, the power of light. I love what the prophet Isaiah said. He said these words, it was several thousand years ago, several hundred years before Jesus arrived. But he was speaking of Jesus. And he said this in Isaiah chapter 9. He said, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. And on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be absolutely no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So what are some of the qualities of light we pay attention to this time of year? Because it really serves us well when we do. I think of a few things when I think of light. When I think of light, the first thing is that light attracts attention. It, it just is part of light. That God saw to it that Jesus attracted attention even at his birth. And when I say that, I don't mean in a prideful way. I don't, I don't mean in a gaudy way. I mean in a very pure, simple way. That through the birth of Jesus Christ, light had come to the earth. That where there was so much darkness, now light shines. It attracted the attention of so many different people. Shepherds and angels and the wise men. And it attracts our attention as well today. We need to remember that because secondly, light guides us to our destination. When you think about it. Especially if you're a, a, a trailblazer or you're a, a traveler or you're a... Uh, somebody who likes to hike. And maybe you're out in the darkness and you need to get to a certain place. How do you get there? You, you have to have light. You have to use light to get there. It helps you travel. The psalmist says this. He says, Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. So that if you're out in the wilderness, if you're in the dark, you definitely, you surely need light to help you get to where you're going. So light guides us to where we need to be. And that's exactly what Jesus has done for us. He came to give you, he came to give me direction 
on how to live, on how to live every single day, to how to go upon, upon this journey that God has given us. He told us that he would not leave us without a guide. And I love that about God. He said, I'm not going to leave you alone. I'm going to give you someone. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to guide you. He's going to help you through life. He's going to help you make the decisions that you need to make. And then thirdly, light dispels darkness. I mentioned that just a little bit earlier, but it takes away all darkness. I don't know if you've gone splunking. That's cave exploring. Weird name, isn't it, for cave exploring? But we've done that. I've done that with my sons. We've got into lava tubes. Now, listen, if you're claustrophobic, I don't advise this. It's not really a good thing to do. But we did. We went down into the farthest part of this lava tube that we could get to. We had our lights on, and then the darers start. You have three guys there, you see. And they said, well, let's turn off our lights. Let's see how long we can go without light. So we turned off our lights, and I want to tell you this. I don't know if you've ever been in a place where you cannot see your hand in front of your face. It is that dark. And the light was out for a little while. Not very long, but, but, but it kept going. The darkness kept continuing, and pretty soon you felt the anxiety build. You could hear the breathing get a little heavier and the claustrophobia, and, and all of a sudden one of them says, Okay, I'm done, and the light comes on. Darkness does that to us, doesn't it? Darkness makes us feel claustrophobic. It, it, it makes us feel as though we're lost. But then when the light comes on, we find our way. We see definition. We see things that maybe we wouldn't otherwise see. In fact, when the light comes on, we see the truth, don't we? The truth about ourselves, the truth about where we are and our circumstances. That's exactly what light does. And that's why I enjoy this service. I enjoy our candlelight service because it really is a, a highlight of Christmas. It's a celebration for us. And that's because it illuminates for me the power light has over darkness. The Bible says this, Jesus in you is the hope of God's presence here on earth. Another way it's said is Jesus said don't, don't put a bushel or a hand or a bowl or anything to obstruct your light. Be a light bearer. That's what God calls us to do. And that's what we're going to do. When we light our candles in just a moment, it really symbolizes what it means to be a light bearer. And I want to do that with you. We're going to take some time and we're going to light candles together. And we're going to be reminded that Jesus is the light of the world, and in him there's no darkness at all. And we also are reminded that we are light bearers. Jesus in you is the hope of God's presence here on this earth.
This last year, we're finishing up this year, this year 2010. The theme has been Touchable Jesus, Touchable Church. I want you to continue to do that because the year ends doesn't mean we stop being touchable. We always want to be that way. So I'm going to encourage you to be that way. Just continue to look to your right, to your left, look to your neighbors, look to your friends. Continue to bring that light, that light that shines in your neighborhood, in your school, in your community. This next year as we go into it, the year 2011, our theme is return to your first love. That's a great theme. And it can take shape in so many different ways. It already has for me. I hope it does for you. What does it look like in your family? What does it look like in your marriage, in your relationship, at your school, in the place that you work? What does it look like? I know for me, it's just going back to some simple things that I used to do that I, that I, for whatever reasons, stopped doing, but I need to pick it up again. Just the simple things that may have to do with touching someone else's life. You know, giving someone a call on the phone, writing them a note, visiting somebody that needs to be visited. That's what we want to do. And so when we return to our first love, what we're finding is just the simplicity that we have in our relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you to do that, that you would find that encouragement and you would find your way as we talk and we pray and we discover through God's word what it means for us to return to our first love. I'm going to read you a, another story that's found in the gospel of Matthew. Matthew was so concerned about the lineage, the lines, the heritage of the Messiah. Matthew was writing to his fellow Jews and he was saying, hey, I want you to pay attention because there are things that you need to know. They did so well at keeping track of that. We don't do that so much in our day, in our era, in the society we live in. But they did back then and it made a difference because what we're learning is how we're connected to each other, that we have a heritage as well. The Bible says this in Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. It says, And after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, or wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all of Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all of the people's chief priests, teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, he, they replied, for this is what the prophet had written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them exactly the time the star was going to appear. He sent them to Bethlehem and he said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. 
And after they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was born. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. And they bowed down and they worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Gold to the king of kings. Frankincense was going to go to the great high priest. And myrrh was given because it would be this Christ child that would grow up without sin and he would lay his life down and he would take the sins of the world, your sins and my sins, upon him. You see, what we have here is we have reason to rejoice because of what God has done for us. He has done an amazing thing for you and me. Would you do this? Would you just bow your heads for just a moment? I'd like to do this. I'd like to pray a blessing on your life before you leave today. That you would experience in the next few days as you meet with friends and family members. That you would experience fruitfulness in your own life. In the conversations that you have. In the interaction that takes place. That there would be a blessing on your life. And that you would be the light. Jesus in you is the hope of God's glory. Father, I thank you for everyone that's here tonight. That as we leave, that you would give and extend to us traveling mercies. As we come and go, as others may come to our house as well. That there would just be this blessing, this deep joy that we would experience because you are with us. Emmanuel, God is with us. Lord, I thank you for everyone here. Everyone that has heard. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but let us be doers as well. Father, thank you for the blessing of your spirit. Stay with us. Be with us in these days. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all say amen and amen. So glad that you came. Enjoy your Christmas holiday. Would you do that? God bless you. You can contact the church office Tuesday through Thursday from 9 to 5 and Fridays from 9 to 3 at 503-266-4444. Please visit us on the web anytime at canbefoursquare.com. Pastor Ron and others on New Life staff, along with occasional guest speakers, trust that the Holy Spirit will use the message to teach you, encourage you, and give you hope.